Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. But I, I'm pretty excited about what I want to share with you. I really believe that the Spirit of God is doing a great work in our church. And it is very easy for all of us to settle and get comfortable in life. You know, adversity, these things like that sometimes rock us and awaken us and go, oh yeah, because, you know, it, I think very easily you can begin to be more moral and, and pursue God. But, you know, God wasn't necessarily uh, after um, commitment, although He is, He's after pursuit and need, and, 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 and it's different. Need produces commitment, but sometimes you can kind of autopilot, you know what I'm saying? And even in marriage, you can do the right thing, but the right thing ain't really the right thing at that time. You know what I'm saying? And what, I'm here, I'm on time, I showed up for dinner, we brought money in, everybody's fed, and all of a sudden, there still are needs. Does that make sense? Well, what changed? Well, I didn't. I need a little bit more of this. I, well, I told you I loved you yesterday. I know, I just need to hear it today. You know, and if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing with God is we kind of get on this automatic pilot and we kind of got this good enough, I'm doing good enough, but God is always interested in a, a authentic relationship with, with us. And uh, I want to encourage us not to settle. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. Uh, the, the, there, is, there is, God has something for each one of us as, as much as he has something for us as a whole body. And God's best does not automatically happen in your life. It doesn't. There's a difference between the redeemed life and the abundant life. There's a difference. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it talks about that when, when we come to Christ, we're a new creation. All things have passed away. Come on, all things become new. That is opportunity. Old things have passed away. Sins passed away. You are in the newness of what you can come into. But there's still seeds that have to be sown. There's still things that have to be grown. Does that make sense? And, and if you want this abundant life, then there are choices along the road that you're going to have to make. John 10, 10, we all know this. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life redeemed and have it abundantly. So here is life, but here is the abundant life. Does that make sense? And so I think the more that we submit to him and the more that we become Christ-led, then what happens is we move away from trying to uh, gratify the flesh. And, and, and what happens is these biblical principles begin to start planting in our life and they begin to start causing us to flourish. That's ultimately God's plan, is that not that you would just be saved and redeemed. Does that make sense? But that you would flourish. The, the, the garden was the concept that God started so that Everything would flourish out of relationship. I'm going to create this garden. I'm going to put y'all in it. You have everything that you need. You have life. But the circumference of this garden and how big the garden can go is up to you. Does that make sense? 
Salvation comes in and we're in the garden. We have all of our needs met. We have relationship with God, unhindered relationship with God. Ammon walked with God, the Bible says, in the cool of the day. There was, but, but here's the deal. There was more. <laughs> and I think a lot of times, if we're not careful, we will end the destination at the cross. And the cross is the doorway to begin a new life. And it changes everything in our life. Does that make sense? And so I think that we have to understand that whatever revelations we have about God, they can grow. They can expand. There can be more. God's idea was not, I want you to just live where I put you, but I want you to expand it. And if we're not careful, we will settle with just a little bit more instead of growing into the full potential that he's called us to be in. Does that make sense? We play a major part in continuing to partner with God so that we can receive his best. And sometimes hard moments tend to hinder us. It's hard to continually move. It's hard to move from unbeliever to believer. It's hard to move from addiction to freedom. It's hard to move from immaturity, come on, to maturity. Some of y'all, you've had a little, you know, that was a road, baby, wasn't it? Come on. It's hard to move from just life to abundant living. It's hard to, over, to move from negative habit patterns or backgrounds to a joy-filled future where you're walking in peace. This is just the progress, but our relationship with God is always progress. We're always moving. And as we get into this today, where are you moving? Are you still deciding to move in? Are you still deciding to move forward? Or what... what what area are you in? Are you packing? Are you unpacking? Is everything still loaded in the truck? And whoo, you got it packed. I got this thing packed. Well, now you got to unload it. Well, as soon as you unload it, then you got to unpack it. Then you got to place it. And I think if we're not careful, and obviously we, we over the last uh, couple of years have done a lot of moving. I feel like everybody that I know has moved at least one time. And so I, I'm now familiar with the process. If it be friends, if it be church members, if it be mother-in-laws, if it be my own family. But I feel like everybody's moving. And you know what? It's good. But how weird would it be to just move and get the truck? We got the truck. We, we, we got some boxes. Woo, we got some boxes. Post boxes. Moving. You know, there's, with that picture comes this idea that there is a bunch of next steps and we can be excited about your beginning, but ultimately we expect you to pack the box, load the box, unpack the box, Burn the box, throw it away, whatever, recycle, however you, you know, whatever. We, but we expect there to be this progress and we don't need to see all the pictures because we just assume there should be this, come on, progress in our life. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, there's an assumption that there should be progress. When, when, when you come, there should be more freedom this year than there was last year. Maybe we've had people come that didn't know anything about God. Not, I mean, not a thing. And now we're in this post-Christian world where people have no idea that the Easter Bunny has... What? what Jesus? Easter Bunny? Caves? What are we talking... This is really weird. 
You know, we're in this post-Christian world where people have no idea that Santa Claus, Christmas, Jesus, babies, mangers, what? You know, and so now people are coming in and they have no idea. And if they haven't been churched, well, why, why are we singing? Why are we singing these songs? Oh, it's cute. I'm, we're doing group sing-alongs. That's awesome. Do y'all, do y'all ever do karaoke? But you have, have no idea. A church culture knows church culture, but people who've not been in church have no idea. They're like, can I, can I put in my jam? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's getting hot. I'm just gonna, can we sing? What, what, can we, what can we sing? I mean, what, I'm just going to kind of put in. Uh, do y'all do requests? You know what I'm saying? You know, life is. Uh, I mean, it's just, well, we always sing these songs, but what can we sing? I mean, and we take church stuff for granted. It's very easy for us to settle. But when you get saved, we expect there to be some progress. And so, wherever you weren't free, in years there should be freedom. In moments there should be freedom. You know what? You used to, I'm not going to sing because it's awkward. And now you're like, la. You know, you might just sing one word. You know, you're just a one-worder. Uh, you're not, you first came in and they do these ooh-ah-ooh-oohs and you're like, I'm not, I'm not doing no ooh, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not, a, I'm not, this ain't in sync, baby. I'm not ooing. But then after a little while of being here, you're like, oh. And then someone... You can finally get a little confidence and someone, you actually really start singing and someone's like, you can sing. And you're like, I mean, you're like, you're like okay, I'm going over there now. I'm sitting on this side. And then all of a sudden you like, you know, you can start with your hands. And the first time you saw it, you were like, why is this the cheerleading church? Why are they all raising their hands? What are they doing? But once you get a little bit into the Word, you see that there were many times that God talked about lifting heavy hands. You start to have a little bit of worldview perspective. Things begin to start changing. And here's the thing. All I want to make sure that we know is that we continue to move forward and we don't ever settle. We don't ever settle. You know what? As time goes by, it's very easy for us to be discouraged and listen to the wrong report and, and stop our forward motion. Who are you listening to? What are you believing? Yeah, I came to speak to your life today and no matter where you're at on this journey, don't get discouraged. You can do it. You can continue in Him to move forward. We all want a home that has peace, a marriage that is not just surviving, but one that's thriving. We all want teenagers, come on, that you like loving instead of the ones that you would love to like. Come on, we all want to be free from offenses. We all want to, to move and to be better at empathy and, and love for people. We, we want to fight depression. We want to have money and, and come into what God has called us, not so that we can, uh, you know, put out a whole bunch of $1 bills on our bed and say, money, y'all, but, but just so that, you know what, I, I just I, I want to be able to be a giver. I just want to be able, you know, it's awesome awesome to receive and I come on there have been month times when someone gave me that handshake and I was like you forgot this hand you know what I mean thank you 
But it's a whole lot better to give than it is to receive. And, and so as biblical principles start happening in your life, there is more victory in your life. We all want to receive healing and, and, and move out of moments where there's pain or heartache. But here's what I want to tell you. God wants all that for you. But there is a process, there is friction, there is learning, and there is perfection. And a lot of people stop, come on, when it gets hard. Church, if we're going to get our best, we've got to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to direct our lives, and we cannot listen to our flesh. We have to keep moving, and we have to not settle. Turn to Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, and I, I think this will help you with some of the things that I'm talking about. Um, Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, and we're going to read this, and this is the account of Abraham continuing on to Canaan. And, but I, I find this interesting. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but this is the account of Terah. Um, and basically Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. And while his father, Terah, was living was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor both married, and the name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Next. And she was the daughter of Haran, and the father of both were Milcah and Isaac. And, the, and now Sarah was barren and had no children. Terah looked at his son Abram and his grandson, took his son Abram and his grandson Lot of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarah and the wife of his son Abram and they together set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Now I know that was a bunch of stuff but I just wanted to make sure you're like names, names, names. Uh, you know, but, but here's what I, I, I needed to set the picture because this is the most important part. They are all going to Canaan. They're all going to Canaan. Canaan is where they're going. <clears throat> but when they came to Haran, they settled there. Um, Abraham's father um, lived 205 years and he died in Haran. Where were they going? No, some of y'all are like, I don't know this answer because there were a lot of words. <laughs> Where were they going? They were going to Canaan. And so I, I just kind of want to look. And I don't know if you have that map real quick. Yeah, I, I know I'm kind of jumping around, but I, I would like to look at this map. So I just want you to see this. They started out and basically a little over halfway, they settled. Where were they going? Where was God moving them to? What was God wanting to do in their life? I have a place for you. There's somewhere I want you to be. There is a place that you will prosper. There's a place that I will do much work in your life. But yet, a little over halfway, come on, they settled. And they stopped. As You can take that down. As we introduce, there are many different characters. And we know Abraham... Uh, was a great man of faith, a friend of God, um, and willing to obey. We know Sarah, who obviously, Sarai, who became Sarah. And we know that she was barren for years, but, and she had a, a little uh, deal with God. But ultimately, she responded in faith. 
<clears throat> but let's talk about Abraham's dad a little bit, Terah. Let's talk about him a little bit, because I know that, you know, you would think that we would begin to start, um, you know, giving him accolades for producing such a great son that did such great things, and, and he does deserve a little honor for that. But here's what I really want us to look at, is how much could they have done if they were there sooner? If there, Joshua 24, verse Two and three says this, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago the forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. In other words, could it be, could it be, could, I, could we pose this thought that they were on their way to knowing and discovering and developing a deeper relationship with the Lord, but they begin to settle. And the, the forefather that was supposed to really begin some movement stopped. Stopped. See, if we're not careful, here's what will happen. I don't know if anybody can get excited about halfway. Half of 100 is 50. You know, moving half of the football field doesn't really mean you score. Getting trapped on half court means the ball's probably going to be taken away from you unless you're going to just throw up a half court shot, you're probably not going to score. Playing a half a round of golf doesn't really qualify you for the, uh, for the PGA. Staying married for half of your life doesn't really produce a legacy. Giving half of your talents don't... It just makes sense. I mean, I, I understand that they did great. And I think sometimes this is how we do this in our faith. Well, I'm not where I started. And I know. And, and listen, come on, let, let, let's hug. Let, let's talk. Come on, at least I'm not where I started. I know. But you're under this delusion that says just because I began means I've walked into what I'm fulfilled to do. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? If we're not careful, we'll think, I started. Come on. How does that work with your children? Well, I started my homework. <laughs> I, I, come on. I start, your, your teenager runs out of gas and you get that call around 1045. And it, they're supposed to be home at 11. And they're 45 miles outside of where they should be. And they call you and they say, hey, I would have been home, but I ran out of gas. And you're like, you figured that out 15 minutes before curfew. Here's the deal. If they say, well, I want you to know. I went by the gas station. I actually put the nozzle in the car. I tried. Come on. See, here's the thing, is that we all want accolades. We all want to feel good about our choices. But here's what I'm telling you, is that don't stop where you're not going to be blessed. Because what's in Canaan 
could change your life. What's in Canaan could change your ministry. What's in Canaan could change your family. Does that make sense? What's in Canaan could change your future. What's in Canaan? What's, what's in Haran? What's in Haran? What was he thinking? I've gone far enough. I did more than my parents did. Come on. I tried. I was going to. I don't know what happened. Did the road get hard? Did he find himself in a moment where everything uh, that he was doing just changed? But halfway, it's amazing. He was called a wanderer, an idol worshiper. And after all of his effort, he never really got his victory. Man, that, I don't know if that's what God has for us. Yes, I mean, God is not sitting here taking away your salvation. And so we're not going to believe that. We're not going to preach that. You can't find that. After all of the years that Israel rebelled, God always sent a deliverer. And he was always their people. Does that make sense? They turned away, they turned away, they turned away. And God always had somebody. Here's Samson. Here's this prophet. Here's this. I'm always working on a way to get you back because you're my people. All throughout the Old Testament. So, but just because God is always pulling you back. And it, come on, has anybody here ever had those times where God, you know God just pulled you back? You were kind of going over here, come on, and God just brought somebody in. There was a note, there was a Facebook, there was a call, there was this, you know what I'm saying? You were, you were driving down the road. You were listening to the secular channel. The song starts playing and all of a sudden you're thinking about God and you're crying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All they said is something, something about God and it just, it wrecked you. You were there. I mean, it was like a, a, a holy moment. It's just God loving you, pulling you back. Come on, pulling you back. Just because God's pulling you back into relationship doesn't mean there isn't an expectation on you. You know, many times we don't just end up at can't. Can't comes from some things that we've decided. And I want to give you a little acronym of can't. A lot of times when I hear people say can't, it is because of these four things. They get complacent. They're afraid. They become negative, And they get tired. And that's why you can't. Complacent, whoa, we, we turned up the volume. <laughs> Complacent, afraid, negative, and tired. When you become complacent, you, you're no longer putting in the effort. You're no longer putting in. You're no longer saying, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm saying yes to everything. So what, what that means is I'm saying no to my faith or I'm saying no to where I want to be. And so it's easy to become complacent. I'm just going to kind of do my Sunday thing. I'm just going to kind of, and if we're not careful, complacency won't put you in a place of victory. Come on, when you get complacent with your marriage, when you get complacent with your kids, you've been busy, you've done enough, you went on a vacation, and all of a sudden we think that that vacation will translate three or four months of me not really being in a relationship. we got to connect all the time. A lot of, I, I was talking to a parent not too long ago, and they were like, man, you know what, we're really going through some stuff with our teenager, and you know, it's hard. Sometimes some of the choices they're not making, we, we, just, we just need some prayer. And I said, well, are they talking to you? Well, yeah. 
they're fine. Are they talking to somebody else that, that you know has some biblical wisdom? Yeah, you're going to be okay. It's when they stop talking that you need to be worried. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes, if we're not careful, then we enter into complacency in every area with our finances, with our marriage, with our faith, with our job. Come on, we just going to work, kind of doing our deal. Come on, you remember the first day you were at work? Ironed, pressed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll take that. I'll do that. Now you like looking at the last hour. Tick, tick, tick. Complacency affects us. And here's the deal. Complacency will always hinder opportunity. Always. Complacency. Afraid. What do we become afraid of? What do we become afraid in? If we're not careful, we'll allow our feel of failure. Our fear of commitment, our fear of letting people in and, and trusting people, our fear of, uh, and we all are afraid. I mean, the reality is we all deal with this. But we, I, well, I can't go to a life group. Well, I can't, uh, you know, I just, I can't, I can't tie. I can't give, dear Lord. If I give it, I won't have it. And before you know it, we're saying can't for a lot of things that Jesus died yeah. and there was an open heaven yeah. and it was can. Yeah. But now we have come under can't. Negative, come on, it's very easy to be negative. It's very easy to be negative. The older you get, the more negative you can become. Come on, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Um, I, I know some of us that are over 40, and beyond. Well, those young, that, that, nobody knows how to drive. Nobody knows how to do that. Nobody what well, the world, I'm just the world's going to hell as fast as it can. And before you know it, you're just neg negative about everything. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, we, we have to really fight to be positive. We have to fight to say, whoa, whoa, hold on. That is how I feel in the moment, but I am not always the smartest person in the room, even though, come on, you get a little bit older and you think that way. No, no, nobody knows. Come on. Negative. God tells you to do something. I can't. I'm unqualified. I can't do that. I couldn't join the welcome team. I couldn't help. I couldn't not. I couldn't open my home. I'm not a leader. <laughs> you want me to be a life group leader? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? It's hard for me to pray out loud. <laughs> and you want me to talk to people and welcome them into my home and say, Hi, how are you? <laughs> Listen, negative, tired, I've been beaten up. You just don't know how hard it's been. You don't know. I've tried. Every time I set out to do something, I feel like the enemy just wants. And if it's not, it always is the enemy, but sometimes we compartmentalize. And we like this. We, the enemy is anybody who's not church people. And then there are church people. Does that make sense? And so, because we know the enemy never uses church people. And so, and so well, the church hurt me. This and before we know it, we just get tired. I've been hit so much. It's been so hard. I tried to do everything right, and I get tired. The word can't is a lie, spoken by the father of lies, 
in an attempt to make you quit and give up. Because here's the, here's the reality. You'll never do what you can't. I know it's pretty simple, right? But you'll never do what you can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't forgive them. I can't stay here. I can't change. I, I, I can't. I'm too tired. I, ju- I just can't. For us to move on, we've got to remove the word can't in our life. If we go down to verse 12, I mean chapter 12, it, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land that I'll show you. I can't. I can't. And if you do, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse whoever curses you. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left, as the Lord told him. And here's the deal. Just because he left didn't mean it was easy. What could you leave? Could you leave your past? What the enemy says? You know you should be in ministry. You know you should be serving. You know you should be, thr- you know you, sh- you know this woman. You know God's already spoken to you and you know you need to take her to coffee. You know you need to do it. You know, every time you see her, you feel bad. Now you uh, don't avoid her because the conviction is so strong that maybe if I avoid her and then now you're praying for someone else to do it. God, I mean, obviously choose somebody else, God. Come on. Can't. What are the things that you can't do? Here's what I want to tell you. It's time to move forward. Don't settle where you're at. Don't settle. So Abraham left as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old. Okay, let's just talk real quick, because i got to talk about this. He was old. And I know when people come to our church, they're like, they look on our stage and, you know, the, the rounding age is like 22. <laughs> and we think, oh, this is the, oh, I know what kind of church this is. This is a young church. It's funny. <laughs> I had, so we're, we're involved in just a couple of organization networks that help us and keep, just keep us accountable and different things like that. And so I had one of the guys here and he was like 34 and, uh, and so we were done. We were talking. I was like, okay, give me your assessment. What do you think? What do we need to change? Help, help, help me. Help me grow. Teach me. Let's, let's learn. And, and I said, I, you know, my only problem is I feel like we're kind of a young church. And he goes, no, nah, I wouldn't even worry about that. And I was like, what? Really? I mean, everybody on the stage is young. He said, no, when you get up there, you're old. <laughs> I, I was like. I'll have you know. I have a Snapchat. <laughs> you don't know me. Tell you something. I'm a young buck. My point is this. He didn't get started until he was 75. 75. Is there an age limit? Does the Bible euthanasia? Once you're old, you're no longer useful. Or does the Bible say, once you get a revelation and a word to move, you need to move. 
And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that maybe you've just hung around for 75 years. But I'm, come on, the 76th year, we fixing to rock this thing. Hey, baby, we're moving. Where are you moving to? I have no idea. Pack your stuff, mama. Yeah, I, all I'm saying is at 75, well, you can't even walk. We're going we're gonna to take this at one leg at a time. We're going to get the stick. We're going to get the goat. We're going to come on. We're, we're, here we go. I, I don't want to have a church that believes that the dreams are for the young. I want to have a church that believes that if people are open to hearing God, God is going to speak to them. And I promise you, God has an assignment for you specifically. No matter how old you are, no matter how messed up you are, come on, no matter how much, how jacked up your past has been, God has something for you, and you are not disqualified, so don't settle. Don't settle. Man, y'all come on up here. I don't know if you have maybe been in a place where you've set the cruise control in your faith. You know, and, and, and over a period of time, you've been thinking, I need to read my Bible. Yeah, I really do need to get back to that prayer. That praying stuff's good. You know what, I, I need to really, does that make sense? And here's what I would ask you to do. This last week for, for, for even Katie and I, which, you know, we, we, we generally, we want to pursue the Lord. I mean, we're waking up, we're praying, we're reading. We, we have made some commitments to, you know, shut off our TV a little early. And I'm not telling you what you need to do. I'm just telling you what we're doing. But this thing made the pursuit way more intense. You know, I love y'all, but I go to the throne for y'all. But it wasn't nothing like going to the throne for my child. And so I, I didn't even know, I, I knew that there was another level, but I found it. And I'm just telling you in your life, you, 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 don't settle. Don't settle for just an average family. Don't settle. Don't, don't, well, you know, they're just sowing their wild oats. No, 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 that you don't have to. You don't have to. Well, you know, everybody needs experience. Can I just tell you experience is a very hard teacher? I would rather you just listen. <laughs> I'd rather you listen. You don't have to go through this. You don't have to do that. I mean, if you want to, but you, I'm, let me go ahead and pull my coat back and you look at a few of my scars and I would rather you live vicariously through my scars and know that anytime you touch that, it's going to hurt. We don't have to experience everything. Sometimes we can just listen. Well, it's not better in the world. It's not. It's lonely. There's a lot of things to look at, which is distracting. There's a lot of ways to cover your ears so you don't hear God speak to you. But at the end of the day, it leaves you lifeless, void, empty, confused, lonely. You hear what I'm saying? Anybody ever experienced that? Come on, anybody experienced that? Two people, five people, seven, anybody? Bingo. Um, don't settle. Don't settle. Don't be good enough. That being good enough is a lie. 
Because the Bible says there's only one that's good, and it's God. Our goal isn't to be good. Our goal is to be free. The Bible says that we produce fruit and fruit that remains. That's what we do. And so here's the thing. If you've been settling, you've been settling. You've allowed the enemy to lie to you. You've gotten complacent. You, 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 you have become afraid. You're a little negative. Come on, you're tired. Then I pray that the Holy Spirit would, would renew your strength and you would step and be where you're called to be because here's the deal. The party pops in Canaan. That's where we're going is Canaan. That's where there's thriving is Canaan. And I don't want to stop until we get, come on, where God has us and where God has me. You got to stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.